Hello and welcome to the Mechanics Institute Review Podcast. My name is Peter J. Coles, and for this episode we are going to talk to Elizabeth Durnley and Michael Eads about their project, The Secret Diary of Bloomsbury, a mass diary writing experiment in the heart of London. Elizabeth Durnley is a folklorist and artist working on engagement with public spaces. Following a Leverhulme Early Career Fellowship at UCL, tracing the evolution of fairy tales and urban legends, she has since made Statues Talk, taught an immersive 1940s version of Red Riding Hood, and is now based at the School of Advanced Study, University of London. Her immersive installation, The Sandman, is currently being shown at the Freud Museum London as part of its The Uncanny a Centenary exhibition. She's also editing an eerie London anthology for the British Library's Tales of the Weird series and writing a book about forests and folktales. Dr. Michael Eads is a research fellow and public engagement specialist at the School of Advanced Study, University of London. He specialises in practice-based research, exploring ideas of collaborative practice and artistic community. At the moment, he is working on a number of projects based in Bloomsbury, an area famous as a crucible of artistic community, but also a place with a lot of social housing, home to a number of lesser-known artistic voices. Michael also runs the Being Human Festival of the Humanities, an annual multi-city festival dedicated to breaking down barriers and making research accessible to the broadest possible audiences. So here we are in Gordon Square with Elizabeth Durnley and Michael Eads. Is that correct? Correct. terrible at names so I just wanted to make sure I got that correct and we're standing in front of the secret diary of Bloomsbury uh, box that you have here I wonder if you could describe it for me what what uh, what have we got yeah so we're looking at um, a bird box uh, the bird box has some eyes stenciled on it okay and do, it, they, do they mean anything those eyes or? Uh, yeah I mean they're, they're just to kind of suggest uh, observation and um, kind of sharing kind of secrets I guess we have a couple of different designs we have eyes we have a little person with a, a camera okay. uh, on our other box as well and uh, yeah it has a kind of letter set on the front saying secret diary of Bloomsbury I wonder, Elizabeth, if you could explain how the project actually came about in the first place. So we started the original project two years ago for the Bloomsbury Festival. This is back in 2017. So we put 12 bird boxes, looking very much like this one, around Bloomsbury in different locations, um, in parks, in cafes, in pubs and museums. And each of them had a little diary inside. Um, just like this one here, which says in the front, everyone has a secret, a story they've never told anyone. What's yours? And then we left it up to people to decide what they would write. And what what was the purpose of the project? What were you trying to aim for it? Uh, So there were several things. um, One of which is we're really interested in um, sort of giving people a voice, um, allowing them to tell their own stories, their own secrets about Bloomsbury and seeing, seeing what we got really. I mean, I think we're quite open to what, what we might find. Yeah. And I noticed I, I, in an article you did for iNews, I think it was, you were talking about this sort of, the, the lack of private space in, in the city. And I wonder if one of you could explain something more about that and why that's important for you to bring this sort of private space into the, into, into the city. 
A dif difficult question, I know. <laughs> I mean, so part of the inspiration for this whole project, in a way, is it's, it's partly a kind of a riff on Bloomsbury's kind of literary history, but in a way it's a kind of a subversive riff on that. So it's about kind of, I guess, who gets the, the time and the space and the opportunity to write. Um, and obviously in Bloomsbury you have this very kind of heavily subscribed culture of kind of literature so you know you can't move in Bloomsbury without hitting a blue plaque yeah. somewhere you know um, I think there's a couple around this this very square in, in a way I guess what we were trying to do and it's it's kind of become clearer over the, the full course of the time we've been doing it is kind of put in place kind of infrastructure that helps people have that space to reflect and to write and it's kind of a, like a bottom-up kind of Bloomsbury project in a way. So, yeah, I mean, I always think of it as being a bit punk rock as well. It's <laughs> like, if you want to be a writer, you know, you don't necessarily need a book deal. You just need a bird box and a notebook. Of course, because this is instant accessible people. You're immediately published in the public, which is quite an amazing thing. Yeah. yeah. And then we share um, some of them on Twitter as well. So yes. the diaries have their own Twitter feed. So if anybody's interested, they can follow us. What's the Twitter, what's the Twitter handle? Bloom's Secret. Bloom's Secret. Us. Okay. Well, I'll put that in the show notes yeah. and everything, obviously. Yeah. And we'll tweet about it as well. Um, yeah. And has it been successful? Have you found that it's been successful, this project? It's been remarkably successful. I think we're just both stunned really at how many entries we've had the variety of things that people have written I mean the the types of things people have written Michael was talking about the, the confessional aspect some of the, the really private things that people people write and it's just kind of amazing that they will tell their stories to this little diary in a bird box yeah. I think people really want to tell the stories I think it's it reflects this need of people just just to to share what they're thinking to share their perspectives and I think that's what's made it so successful what, what are some of the craziest things you found so far do you have any uh... Uh, so I mean these things are really kind of how, how honest are people how honest are people being brutally brutally honest <laughs> yeah I uh, get some very kind of confessional stuff in there actually so there are people kind of unburdening themselves about having affairs okay. things like that um, the wives have left them the wives are having affairs instead okay <laughs> Um, a lot of people um, talking about being lonely. Loneliness is actually a really strong theme running through these these diaries over the past few years. Um, people talking about different kind of encounters with the city, and also like some really kind of silly ones as well. Um, yeah, and people. I was just looking through them this morning. And there's quite a, there's a recurring theme about people having cheeky spliffs on lunch <laughs> lunch breaks. Cheeky spliff on lunch breaks. Okay, because that's that's what people do these days. That's what people do in Bloomsbury <laughs> these days. Apparently, <laughs> everyone's walking around stoned. Yeah, then, then they tell it tell it to the diary. So it's yeah. this idea of this sort of little confessionals, I suppose, around town, and yeah. people can just write things that they wouldn't tell other people. Do you think the idea of anonymity helps compared to something like Twitter, where you could easily do the same thing? But yeah. Yeah, very much so. I think the idea that you can write it down and you can put it in the box and then get on with your day and you know that people might read it. We actually have had some people writing messages to other readers, okay. which is really nice. Um, in fact, we actually had one where two people wrote to each other, uh, which is amazing. Oh, that's incredible. What was the conversation they were having? What, what were they talking about? Uh, so this was one that we had in the Bloomsbury Coffee House, and there were two people who apparently had met whilst travelling in London from different countries, and one of them wrote a note saying, um, dear so-and-so, it was so lovely to meet you. And then a few days later, we get a reply from that person saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe that you wrote to me. And then that's it, and we just sort of want to know what happened 
next? And of course, we're never going to know. And that's part of it, too. Do you, are they, are they, the, the entries have stopped from these two. Um, so at the moment, um, we don't. We need to put a new book in the Bloomsley Coffee House. The box is still there, but uh, the, uh, there will be a diary going back in. So do go and have a look. Okay. I hope I do hope they reply. Mm-hmm. Um, good. I wonder if we could get some. Fro- so we're we're in the Gordon Square uh, Garden, and we're. Can we read like the latest? What's the latest entry? Don't worry if it's got swearing in it. Our, our audience can handle it. I think. Okay. Oh, I see we've got some drawings. There's drawings as well. Yeah. Um, okay. This is one from uh, from the fourth. So four days ago uh we've just shed an orange over conversations a majorly cocky fox just made an appearance we were talking about love and relationships as we do oh it's beautiful it's just beautiful isn't it a nice snapshot of someone's day yeah i mean I think the, the lots of them, here's here's another one it's not quite as uh, cheery i had an argument with my wife this morning and whilst i want to hug her this evening and make it all right i also still feel angry it makes me feel sick and I hate it. So, yeah, it's again, it's going back to this aspect of people, the, 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 anon, the anonymity, I can't say anonymity. it. Anonymity, thank you. The anonymity that the book provides enables people to share things that they couldn't before. Do you have any favourite? I know that you brought some along from the previous diaries. Do you have any favourites? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I have lots of favourites, but I had the diaries are down here in my bag. Oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I will. I'll edit this bit out. Please edit this bit out later. <laughs> yeah. So this one is from the second of November, twenty seventeen. So it's quite an old one. And what does it say? Smoking a cheeky spliff when I'm supposed to be at work. Blessings and love. <laughs> Again, the cheeky spliff thing. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? So this is a this is a more kind of uh, meaningful one. I come to the park to pray. I'm living my dream. I'm married to a wonderful man, pursuing a dream career in a community I love and that loves me. But it's hard work. And many times I think I should have listened to the women in my village who said I was getting above my station when I left the island to study law. There is more to life than marrying a farmer and churning out five kids. Wow, that's that's powerful. Yeah, so uh, this is... um from um, relating to Extinction Rebellion. Uh, So we've got uh, people write about things that are going on right now. Um, We've come to this beautiful space with Extinction Rebellion. We must all work together to change the destructive, murderous system we are forced to live within. Power to the people. And was that at the end? I, <laughs> I, I like feet. Yeah. <laughs> so you I, get, get the juxtaposition, um, something, something a bit less serious. <laughs> I like feet. Well, that's a good confession too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's up to them. So I think, yeah, with this one, it's not necessarily a, a confession, but again, it's, it's sort of reflecting what's going on. So they become this kind of snapshot diary of, of things that people passing through the square, things that are going on, which again is, is really wonderful. Sitting in the cold opposite the Christmas tree alone, found a bird box it wasn't just me there are friends in the park that i'll never meet but their words fill the darkness and cold turns to heat wow so do you feel like uh, that one points this idea that there's like a community growing around the boxes do you feel that very much so yeah definitely i mean one of the most amazing things that's happened with this project is so sometimes we take in the books when they're full and archive them um, and when we do that people start posting notes in the box so they just they just kind of find paper and start putting notes in as a response to the pieces that you put up they just yeah so they they obviously have got used to the idea that there is this box in the park 
where you kind of post your stories and secrets and even if we don't kind of provide the tools for them to do that in the form of notebooks they now kind of just do it themselves so I mean sometimes I go and open the box in the morning on my way into work and find it kind of overflowing with these kind of folded up letters that people have just stuffed in and it's almost become this kind of folkloric thing really that there's a there's a diary um, in the park that will will just kind of roll and roll and roll and I guess one of the biggest things about it and as a writer myself the most exciting thing as you mentioned earlier is that it will be read do you read every single one do you read every single entry yeah pretty pretty much much. so it will be read and that's something Mm. I think people especially with the the Twitter feed and the Facebook feed when we know that our words sometimes get lost and they don't get those likes maybe this is a a way to sort of say yeah I'm being heard and my my, my voice is being heard do you have any other ones do you have another one see and uh, this is a slightly happy it's a happy one okay, uh, <laughs> it's happy in the end life's always seemed unfair until this girl stumbled upon me my life has now changed forever every day that goes by i wish my happiness never changes she's going to have my baby one day in the future not at the moment <laughs> i hope that turned out to be true and that wasn't just young love well, do you notice any themes emerging from the story so you, you said there was drug taking it seems that there's love a lot, <laughs> lot of love um people sometimes writing with with a partner and saying oh we, we met here and now we've come back so that's nice the sort of anniversary celebrations uh, there's a lot of unrequited love people talking about people that they are in love with or have crushes on who aren't feeling the same way so they come and tell the diaries about them mm. so we, we certainly have that um I mentioned um yeah pe- people worried that their, their partners are having an affair so we had a box in brunswick square and interestingly this one seemed to fill up with a lot of um lonely older men who were afraid that their wives were having affairs or leaving them so yeah, so they, they, they were, those ones are really sad. That's very uh, sad. It was attached to a park bench, and we just wonder if there's something about the position of the box that kind of made people sort of sit by it and reflect, and then they'd write down what they were thinking. Yeah, and it sounds like people that wouldn't usually want to do that sort of thing as well have the ability to do it. Are you going to scale this project up at all? Are you going to make it bigger, or are you just going to keep it to the Bloomsbury area? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So that's one of the things that is often asked about the project. You know, what's what's the next step and how do you make it bigger? And are you going to apply for funding and those kinds of questions? And I think, you know, it's kind of TBC really. But part of me, I do kind of feel that there's something quite special about the fact that this is an unfunded project. Um, it hasn't really been kind of done through the usual channels and permissions it's kind of as I say quite kind of punk rock and quite lo-fi and I do like that and I think that the kind of narrative of a specific place that's emerged now over more than two years is really quite kind of compelling and um, yeah quite special and quite unique so I guess one day it may become the secret diary of London, oh. uh, but we're, we're not quite at that stage yet. I, I guess think. that would need a lot more volunteers, a lot more bird boxes. I'm afraid my mother has joined a cult, yet she does seem happier and more at peace than ever before. I'm undecided if I should tell her or not. I hope it will all work out. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they really are deeply confessional about things that you might feel, people Absolutely. might feel slightly ashamed about as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is quite a sad one as well. It's kind of sad and hopeful. I've now lived in the UK for about two years, but it's the first time I visited Russell Square and Bloomsbury in general. It's also the first time I feel like I might have a future after almost a year of not seeing what the point is at all. 
I want the hope to last, I really do. And London makes me want to believe in hope. Wow, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. Do you both keep a diary yourselves? You do keep a diary. I do keep a diary, yeah. yeah. How long have you been going how long is it going for? Uh, about six years continuously. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. How about you? Do you keep a diary? Not regularly, actually. Not regularly. No, no, just kind of little bits and pieces. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel like the diary has helped or improved your life? That's an assumption. Like, Maybe it's been terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I think, again, it's, it's this idea of, of having a record of what goes on. I mean, I don't write every day. I think I had various attempts at writing diaries when I was younger, and I then thought, oh, I haven't written every day. I've failed at diary keeping, whereas now I just write you know when I feel like there's something to say so yeah I think it's it's a record of what goes on it helps me to kind of cons- I suppose link different events together see see patterns that are emerging try yeah. to putting together some sense of narrative what about you do you keep a diary I do keep a diary yeah I started a couple of years ago as because I'm a writer so I was trying to like practice writing and I was doing the, the morning pages uh, and it's been incredible it, it, it I really do feel like it sort of yeah it sets everything in your mind up so you can reflect on the previous day and understand what you've done whereas rather than just zipping past and I do feel like time is stretched a bit more when you leave when you do when you have a diary because you get to reflect back on that past rather than just letting it fade away yeah yeah so maybe you should start doing one well I I mean I write a lot (laughs) it's just that thing of kind of do I do I sort of class it as a diary or or what what is it I don't know you know um yeah okay Let's say yes then. Okay. You do, you do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, one of the things that re- you know was a big inspiration for me behind this project was mass observation, okay. um, which was a kind of uh, sort of mass diary writing or mass kind of um, observational project, kind of like early crowdsourcing, I suppose, that ran in the 1930s, kind of ran on through the kind of 40s and 50s. Um, and they have this amazing archive now at the at the University of Sussex, which is just full of things like this. You know, people talking about what they have for breakfast, people talking about broken hearts, people talking about the kind of politics of the day. And that kind of, it's everyday poetry, basically. That's what this is. You know, that kind of like everyday creativity um, is something that I'm really, really interested in and, and kind of passionate about. And I think that that's what this project is. And also they're constructing folklore in real time, which as coming from a folklore background, that's really fascinating to me. So one of my inspirations was was thinking about how we collectively construct stories about different places. So here we've got a folklore of Bloomsbury building up in the books over a period of years, which is really just fascinating and we have similar characters coming back so uh, Michael was talking about the Bloomsbury group Virginia Woolf we get people talking about those folkloric characters there's also a, a character called the Birdman who's come up now and again um, who's oh, this, how, how does he represent himself um, how is he represented um, so well one of the really interesting things about the diaries is sometimes they go missing um, and then they come back and we wonder where they go and somebody wrote a story saying um, this is the twin of a diary that was here but the birdman stole it right so there's a what <laughs> so he's quite a sinister figure okay so there's a sinister birdman figure who's stealing the diaries and then people have to replace them with mm-hmm. the exact identical diary that was stolen yep right that's exciting <laughs> maybe this is a film in the future I can see it happening in the future maybe. yeah maybe I mean it might be quite scary but yeah. I think we could do with that 
but Birdman is a real man as well. So there is a man who walks around Russell Square covered in pigeons, and he kind of feeds the pigeons um, to encourage them to kind of flock. I mean, we're, we're kind of being surrounded by pigeons actually as we speak um but yeah he encourages the pigeons to flock around him and then kind of walks around the park do you think it is the bird man who's leaving who's stealing the diaries and then replacing them with diaries? i think it has to be <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe i'll try and get an interview with the bird man at some point as well then <laughs> with always with our podcast we like to ask the people we interview what are you reading at the moment and what would you always recommend I know you've both just done horrid, horrified faces, but I can give you a moment to think about it. But what are you reading at the moment, Elizabeth? Um, so um, I've, I'm behind on my reading because I've, I've just uh, finished uh, putting up an exhibition last week, so I need to catch up on all sorts of things. Um, but uh, one thing I'm just excited to start reading is Jessica J. Lee's Two Trees Make a Forest, which is uh, a memoir about forests uh, and also um, about her um, being at home in different countries and trying to find a home and um, she's a British Taiwanese Canadian writer uh, so I'm excited to read that. I've actually been brushing up on my Victorian literature okay. recently so I'm not reading anything contemporary. Uh, I've been reading a lot of Ryder Haggard. I, I've just read She by Ryder Haggard which is um, kind of amazingly feverishly weird it's a it's a very you know kind of colonial uh book um but it's it's very kind of um there's a lot of weird kind of psychoanalytic stuff going on it's very it's very ripe i think it's that kind of like ripe um tropical literature um and i've also been reading a hell of a lot of sherlock holmes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe it's my kind of fascination with kind of secrecy and and hidden london um, but yeah, I've been rereading my Sherlock Holmes literature, which is fantastic. And um, I also found out that Conan Doyle used to live just over there on the site of uh, where Senate House is. Really? Uh, yeah, so just next to the British Museum. So there's a Bloomsbury connection even there. <laughs> Can't get away from it. No. And do you have any book recommendations, something you would always recommend to people? Don't worry if you haven't. Oh, I've got one. Yeah. Yeah, again, this isn't contemporary no, at all. No, no, um, Graham Greene, The Ministry of Fear, which, again, was another inspiration for me for this project. Set in Bloomsbury. Graham Greene used to live in Bloomsbury for a while. Uh, and it's all about spies and espionage and kind of um, weird kind of seedy things going on around this area. Really great stuff. And it's that kind of sense, again, of this, you know, there's a hidden world um, just below the surface uh, if you scratch away at it you'll, you'll get to something interesting um, well one I always go back to is uh, Angela Carter's The Bloody Chamber so that that's my sort of one of my all-time favorites so I would recommend that wholeheartedly so not so much about secrecy but definitely about uh, folklore and retelling folklore as well brilliant thank you so much for uh, letting me interview today and uh, if people want to find the boxes they can come to which parks are they in at the moment so they're in, there's one in Gordon Square and one in Russell Square. Okay, and that's it. That's it for now. And the, the Bloomsea Coffee House will have one. Okay, in the near future. Great. Well, thank you, Elizabeth and Michael, for coming to talk to me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you to Elizabeth and Michael for taking part in this podcast. And thank you for listening.
If you like what we do here at Mirror Online and you'd like to support us, why not check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash mirroronline where we have a ton of rewards aimed at supporting new writers. You can follow us on Twitter at mirroronlinebbk and hear previous episodes of the podcast wherever you listen to them.